I don't even know the intro. Let's do this. Let's fucking go, boy. You sack to the future. <laughs> Hello and welcome to QSAC to the Future. We're your hosts. I'm Grace. My name is John. And we're here to talk about our love for John Cusack, one movie at a time. Yes, and uh, one movie at a time and one top five list at a time, because today we are talking about one of our favorite movies, and that is High Fidelity. And today, to make up a top five list, we have our good buddy, Mark. <laughs> oh, was that my intro? Hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Hi. I thought that was just a very matter of fact like statement. Like, oh, we have our buddy Mark. Um, hey everybody, this uh this was a really interesting movie, and I hate that word using using the word interesting to describe interesting. something. Um, but I'm only saying that because I have a lot of feelings that I'm gonna I'm gonna wanna let out soon. So <laughs> you just let me know when, Chief. Now. Let it all out. Well, hang on. So <laughs> okay. listeners, if you haven't been listening for like, I don't know, several, several months years throughout the pandemic or whatever the fuck's happening now um marco brigo is my roommate and we talk about him almost every podcast every, every chance we get I every feel chance like. we get we always yeah. bring him up in uh, one way or another yikes and he has been our guest star before on identity, identity. <laughs> the, the revisiting of identity the re- yes the revisiting and so he is a seasoned uh, podcast podcaster podcast person mm-hmm. so it's really exciting to have him on the show but also introduce him to our collective favorite cusack movie mm-hmm. which you have never 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 seen ever yeah actually this is <laughs> it's weird because as much of a pop culture fanatic and weirdo i am like i I, uh, I've never seen high fidelity and it's often cited by my friends as one of their favorites and I've always felt like outside the loop um high fidelity Aww. is like one of those movies uh probably in a like i'd say a list of maybe five movies that everyone has seen but me and now mm-hmm. i almost don't watch them out of spite but because of the show i wanted to watch it and, and pop my uh my high fidelity cherry i feel like we need to come up with a list and see how how many more movies we can make you watch because i'm i'm listeners i'm slowly making him watch my favorite 90s really bad soap soap opera type of like series mm-hmm. and we watched a few the other day and we still haven't watched the rest of them so i'm, I'm gonna hold him to it oh we're gonna do it see for the for the record uh, <laughs> to be fair to you grace we only watched it because our internet was out so all we had, <laughs> all we had were sets of dvds but because i'm mark abrigo and i don't uh own actually anything like i don't have a lot of stuff um grace of course dug into her barney bag of old shows and for the record i think she's mischaracterizing it a little bit john because i wouldn't call them soap operas so much as syndicated tv dramas which is very oh, okay yeah soap opera no, no, no. The soap opera makes it sound like we're watching one life to live or like days of our lives instead yeah. we're watching the crow stairway to heaven or whatever starring mark dacascos yeah oh. and roar with uh, heath ledger and then We've got, uh, what, Kindred or something? Kindred, yeah, based off of Vampire RPG from White Wolf, which is, that is my baby. It is Aaron Spelling, so of course that is going to be the soap opera-esque one. Mm, okay. But, yeah. So we're getting through that. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, Mark, 
you're you're slowly going to become me through this weirdness <laughs> and not just right? physically because some would argue <laughs> we, like some would yeah. argue that like when folks live together they start to look very similar but we had the opposite where when we first kind of met it's almost like we were doing that mirror exercise in theater where <laughs> we just looked at each other and we're like wait a second my hair doesn't part to the left it parts to the right what the fuck is going on right now and so, yeah, we had glasses. We wore the same outfit one day, mm-hmm. and like during during twenty twenty quarantine, we uh, your hair started growing out. My hair started growing out. I think I think your hair right now is twenty sixteen, Grace. Mm, okay, you know, so you got a couple months before it becomes a little bit longer. But. Yeah, I'm waiting on it, man. I'm I'm really trying hard. Uh, to look like uh, look like Mulan, which is the general joke everybody says when they see my dumbass man bun. I'm, I don't know if I remember it right, but y'all wore like came to Geek Show two one day wearing like both wearing a Powerline shirt, right? Or yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And we did not plan that. Obviously, we were not living not with each all. other yet, but we both showed up wearing it, and we both we took a picture together with the most enthusiastic thumbs up. <laughs> That wasn't fake. Like I, I felt like I had found, you know, an, an, a, a, a missing tribe member. You know what I mean? Like I went hunting for woolly mammoth, and then there was Grace, like in a makeshift shelter, uh, looking for a, a smilodon, if you will. Yeah. So we we're slowly finding out things as we live together. It's hilarious. It's yeah. great. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll. Yeah. Yeah. We already mirror each other in a lot of ways, but Yeah, it's it's crazy. Now all you need is a vegan girlfriend who holds a state record who has a weird attachment to cats she doesn't legally own. Can I it's... say that at some point I was the vegan girlfriend that had cats? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> this is what's going so... on? Am I am I a mirror of you or are you a mirror of me? <laughs> so I mean yeah, so I I was I didn't have the state record. Mm. I think I had a uh, first prize poetry at my community college though. <laughs> hey, so hey, county record. World. That's a world. <laughs> that's a world record, sort of, kind of. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So Marco Brigo, everyone, and we are so excited. And I just you know jump right into it. How was how was this movie for you? The one. The one that we constantly bring up and talk about, the one that you say your friends were like bringing up all the time. Well, it's it was strange watching it because you guys saw my reaction as we were watching <laughs> it, and like Jack Black, which I assume was his com- this was his coming out party, right? To most people, yeah. this was in early two thousand. Yeah. Like for me, it was when he was in that movie Airborne with Seth Green back in the mid nineties or so. But mm. um not to be like a Jack Black gatekeeper, but like when I saw this, <laughs> I was like, okay, I get it now because, you know, he sung in this. He was incredibly funny. But a lot of the things he said and he did were things that my best friend, like I would quote him on those things. And I I understand now that much like I'm a hack comedically because <laughs> I take all my shit from like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Simpsons, and South Park, which my girlfriend later found out as she watched those things. But now I have to look at my best friend and, and say, do I even fucking know you? <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I mean, that's that's one aspect of it. The second aspect, and I should get this out of the way, I, I enjoyed the movie, but it was the most uncomfortable watch for me <laughs> because... Watching John Cusack in this very 
uh, what's the best way to describe it? Watching him as this just like despicable kind of guy. <laughs> it hurt because I'm also looking at it like, oh, hey, there's Mark in sophomore year of college, you know? Yeah. And um, I assume that for a lot of folks who watch this, they for at least for for straight guys watching it they probably see this and go that was either me a few years ago or that's me right now or that's someone who i never want to be right mm-hmm. so yeah. um was it a was it a fun movie to watch yes and no it was very funny um but man it like i i don't squirm much it hurt you Oh, you were screaming like you—you you so had much. to. You were pacing, actively pacing. I started cleaning. I don't know why yeah. I started cleaning the living room. <laughs> and then, started, like you—you you left to go get a pillow to hide behind, and that's yeah. my signature move of hiding yeah. behind things when you make me watch cringe things. Yeah, I get it now. <laughs> and for the record, yes, uh, I had Grace watch some cringe compilations because this is something that my girlfriend and I do to bond. We cringe. Uh, we watch really cringe-inducing stuff. But and so I thought my threshold was high. Uh, I sat there and within maybe five, ten minutes, I was like, oh, You were sinking. No. You were sinking in, in this in the whatever the fuck couch lounge chair we yeah. have. And then your 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 eyes, I could tell your eyes, you're like mm. well, it was terrible, which is why I was looking at you guys like, You like this movie? You like this movie? <laughs> I love this movie. This is our favorite. Yeah. I mean, so I I get it now. So now I can join the club. Uh, Jim Gaffigan has this great bit on he how he's the guy who ends up watching movies way too late. But by that time, nobody wants to talk about it because it's way too late. So he shows up and he's talking with his friends. He's like, hey, who? anybody ever watched the movie Heat? I just saw it. I want to talk about it now. You know, that kind of thing. And so, again, I get it. But... Um, Oh boy, what a what a movie! What a what, movie! What made it hurt for you? I, you know what? I think it's because, and I'll be perfectly frank here. It's it's because I saw elements of myself, which I hope was the point. I think that a lot of men who watch this, who may consider themselves unlucky at love for whatever reason, will watch this and and either feel a kinship to Rob, mm-hmm. or they're gonna have a strong aversion to Rob. Because they don't want to be that guy, or maybe they were that guy, like I said, right? So, so watching it, it was just, it was too real, as the kids say. And I don't fucks with it, as the kids also say. Well, now that you've seen it, and then you kind of know what you're getting into, because when we talked about it yesterday, when we saw it together, you, you said that you didn't really, you thought it was going to be something else. Yeah. Yeah. So now that you know what you're getting into, do you think you could appreciate it more and squirm less? Um, or do you do you think just the 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 fact that that character is written and the way that he is, you're just still gonna watch? And you're like, oh, still sophomore Mark. Well, I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to necessarily watch it to enjoy Rob because now that I've gotten, you know, the the, the whole journey of his, uh-huh. I can see him differently. But at this point, um, I think I'm gonna watch it and try to enjoy the other characters uh, yeah. because much like also my time in college, I'm currently a big fan of Dick. <laughs> you know dick the guy who works at the store yeah yeah he's no, fun i got it but <laughs> wait uh-huh. i think i phrased that wrong uh-huh <laughs> or did i phrase it right <laughs> listeners you tell me listen to this I, voice you know what you did <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no it's i mean it was it was fun to watch and it was cool to see um it was cool to see a lot of uh, actors i didn't expect 
to see. You're very there. thrilled to see Tim Robbins. I was. Oh yeah, you especially were. his big reveal. You're like, is this Tim fucking Robbins? <laughs> yeah, dude. You know what? You know why it was so weird seeing Tim Robbins in that ponytail? Because he looks dead on like that Bhagavan guy from Tiger King. <laughs> Do you know who I'm talking about? Like the dude who uses his yeah, tiger thing no, to, yeah. to get chicks? Like that's who he looked like. He even had the hoop earrings and everything. It was ugh. Um, <laughs> but no, like, you know, it was it was cool seeing um, Catherine Zeta-Jones in there. It was cool seeing, uh, I think, the mom from The Conjuring uh, yeah. Yeah. in there. And yeah, just it was it was just really cool. Oh, and of course, Lisa Bonet. Can't forget Lisa Bonet. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was just a great you know collection of folks in there. Um, John, as you alluded to, I thought it was going to be a rom-com. Very wrong. I, it was a rom-com for me. So, <laughs> so okay, so you said it was going to be a very different movie. What did you think it was going to be initially? You said it was going to be a rom-com. What kind well, I, of like? I thought it was going to be about um, a kind of uh, like an arrogant bordering on like delusional music snob who finds love with somebody who doesn't share his tastes but ends up ultimately um falling in love with her I th- and not what she's into which is almost the exact opposite of the message that he tries to give out which is you're not who you are it's you're who you like right or it's what you like not what you are that's important and so yeah i thought it was going to be that and nah it's just about a dude who you know, yeah, who is going through all this stuff and is is really good at blaming everyone else but him. And again, that was too real for me. Okay. But, see, <laughs> see, in my head, I'm like, does he blame everyone else at some point? Well, he looks it, for those excuses, doesn't he? Yeah. That's why he starts no, calling everybody because he's like, it's not me. Clearly, everybody. It's not me. I'm fine. But then he realizes at some point it is him. Exactly. But I but, think that's the thing of, of, of like why I, why I like it so much is like the deflection. And he's like, oh, shit. No, it is. It's, it's me. It's clearly me because I'm the asshole who keeps calling in the rain and yelling at the window. Right. Yeah. Right, but that was near the end when I realized that he's not supposed to be someone I root for. I think I was oh, just yeah. caught up in the idea that he's the protagonist, so we have to like him. You know, oh, God, I no. I think the only person, <laughs> like the only other protagonist with less charisma than him in this movie was the protagonist named uh, named as the protagonist from Tenet. <laughs> you could hear rage in that breath. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie, by the way. Why, watch, watch twice. Why, watch it twice, y'all. Why the yeah. fuck? Why? Watch it backwards. Go ahead. <laughs> it's funny because my enjoyment of that movie was inverted. So... <laughs> God. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I think the appeal of, like, again, like, it, it, it changes every time, like, we get older. Like, the first time I saw this and, like, when I was in my early 20s is different from, like, me being almost 40 you know and yeah. so i think the thing of like us seeing ourselves in rob like it it really brings up all these things about like yes but also like i would see myself in those exes mm-hmm. which would just unnerve me of like god am i really like that in some way like ooh, in what sense i want to hear you <laughs> <laughs> i want to hear you dish on on Younger well, I, mean, I mean like you know before we get to this episode we're talking in depth about each ex and you know how we've had those exes and how we have been those exes at some point <laughs> and I feel like 
you know, like I I can see myself and Charlie because like that's in, in, in such a fucked up way. Like I just talk shit all the time and I don't know what I'm talking about, but I want to feel important. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's just that like you, you want to be Charlie. You want to be that glamorous, that that global whatever woman of the world that just never shuts the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, and that does want to move on to the next shiny thing. But, it, you know, like she is never satisfied in that way. Like, there's always going to be something shinier. Like, that's not me. But it's also like, okay, like, is it bad to root for the shiny? Yeah, you know, I agree and I disagree only just because I think we all want to. We don't necessarily want to be Charlie. I think we want to be what Charlie represents yeah. in in Rob's head because Rob comes to the oh, conclusion, yeah. oh, she's just an asshole and she doesn't care what this and she's <laughs> she's actually kind of mean and this and that and I'm like, oh, okay. So he likes this sort of this this bold, almost dangerous um kind of thing that she provides, you know, because she's very uh forthright with her opinions and just, you know, all that stuff that but as it turns out, it's like you can be very forthcoming with your opinions but still have shitty opinions. Yeah, and I think that's what he came to the conclusion of. But I mean, were you ever like? Well, let me ask this: Do you is that like a, a low key goal of yours to be like the Charlie for somebody? Oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because in the you know you want you want the idealized Charlie. You don't want Charlie in real life. Mm-hmm. Like how he he was saying later on in the, in the movie, like you have these fantasies, but they're mm-hmm. never real, and you realize like all his exes were just fantasies in his head because he wasn't fucking paying attention Mm. right yeah yeah and then when he did his redemption tour he was like shit like none of this was good Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was the asshole or in you know in some other ways whatever like this was the wrong reason and so and i think i think for me it was just like Pretty early on in in one of the rewatchings, I was like, what would it be like to have that redemption tour, to have, you know, to call decades later and try to have that closure? Because there's no way in fuck I would ever do that. Hmm. Would you do that, Mark? Are you asking if I would be the caller or the callee? Both. Would you? Would you? Yeah. First, would you call people? Mm -hmm. No, because (laughs) and, and not because like, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. I actually like. In, in relationships that I, I've been in that didn't work out, obviously, um, I know what I did wrong. It's just whether or not I ever told anybody. You know, if people ask me, like, what did she do? I could tell you. If you ask me what I did, I would tell you, but nobody asks me. But I would tell yeah. people, like, if they were interested, oh, yeah, like, with my, uh, with my last girlfriend, um, I was a lot more passive-aggressive than I am now. Um, I didn't allow myself to be fully me, which is a huge, mm. which became a huge like uh, thing of resentment. You know what I mean? Because like mm-hmm. I couldn't troll my last mm. girlfriend and John Grace, you know me, I, like trolling is one of my favorite things to do. And I couldn't even make fun of her. And I think that the whole time we were going out, um, I, since I couldn't be me, that, that sort of festered and manifested yeah. itself in not so productive or, or just like, to be frank, cool ways. Like it never manifested itself in a positive way. Mm. Um, so would I be calling exes to know what I did wrong? No, because I'd like to think that I'm self-aware 
about the shitty things that I've said or done. Uh, would I like to be the callee, though? You're fucking right, I would. Because <laughs> <laughs> that means I left. I hope I was a big chapter in your book. You know what I, mean? oh, I see, I see. Like if you had, if someone, if you were in someone's top five, I understand. Mm-hmm. See, because that's the thing of like, would I, I am one of those people who are like, we are exes for a reason. I will never fucking talk to you again. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. There's one person that we did not end well. It was uh-huh. it was hard. And then one day, I think we were just we we had the same circle of friends. Um I was just in the house party by myself trying to like not freak out. And he just came up and he goes, "Hey." And I was like, "Hey." And he goes, it's really nice to see you today. And I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, yeah. And he walked away and I was like, wait, that's all it fucking took? That's all it fucking took was for us to be nice to each other, to be in the same room. And so, like, there's, like, moments like that where I'm like, oh, it could happen. But mm-hmm. then there are moments where I was like, nah, I'll throw a fucking dish at you. Get the fuck away from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so it's, I think it just depends. if If someone called me. And be like, hey, let's rehash it. Let you know, let's get that weird sense of closure. I don't know how I would feel because I was like, man, that was like how many years ago? We are different people, right? And I think that's the thing of like this movie is like, I think that's where he realizes I was a different person, mm-hmm. you know, versus I am the same person. Which is really, it's kind of interesting to see. Like, you've had so many years to to change and realize you're changing but he doesn't yeah right so i don't don't know but there are a few where i just want some fucking closure where i'm just like can i just tell you all the things you did please (laughs) please i don't know i just have a feeling that if i called my exes a large majority Mm. of them would be like so let me guess, you're gay now, aren't you? you know oh, what no. I mean? A lot of that. And I'd be like, no. Wait, what do you mean now? I wasn't before. Come on, lady. I sang Backstreet Boys to you because I love the Backstreet Boys, not because it fucking meant anything to you. Um, <laughs> John, like, how about you? You're, you've been pretty quiet throughout this whole thing. Would you like to be the caller or the callee? Like, what? what... I don't think... I'd, I'd want either like mm-hmm. i wouldn't call people because kind like kind of like what you said i i kind of know what, what went wrong like i would yeah. sit with it and think about it on my own and be like okay they did this i did that i know i think i'm good you know mm. and then no need to bother them on that <laughs> because I, was like, <laughs> I, fig- I figured it out it took me a while uh but i figured it out and as as far as being the callee um as nice as that would be to be like, oh, I left an impact on someone. I don't want that either. Because <laughs> if I left an impact, that means it's just leading to disappointment where like you they meet me again. They're like, this is what I was sad about? Good call. <laughs> you know, it's just like my, my, my memory of this was way better. Or like the reunion was much better. Or, you know, like the headcanon you have are just like, mm-hmm. oh, I... I things are better you know so mm-hmm. if they do have that uh that me that built up image of me as selfish that probably makes me sound more selfish but cool i like that no need to ruin that image yeah. of me mm-hmm. so 
I think that's I the thing is like like what are the images that we have left or like what is stuck because like the whole thing where he like hashes it all out yeah you know like he has this very specific image and then when you meet them in real life still that but also like no nah, you're the fuck up mm-hmm. <laughs> you're the one trying to do all this stuff and so it was I don't know I don't know this movie just like hits and sit for certain days like I remember a while ago like with my I would watch this like daily daily to like both like to just kind of get through things right I'm and again I'm you know if you believe in astrology I'm a earth Taurus if -hmm. you you know I'm a a year the dog walker so I'm like lazy as fuck I don't Mm -hmm. like change so like Mm -hmm. when I get stuck on something it's on repeat I'm the same way so like yeah, at some point in my life, like, this was a movie I was watching every night to fall asleep to. No. And so I was just like, okay, how how does it change for me now? Like, not seeing it in a while. I'm just like, you, like, I kind of do root a little bit more for, for just, I, I don't want to say Rob. I think I just root for Laura. I just want her to figure out what the fuck's going on. Mm-hmm. You know? And if... No. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, like, because you, you brought up sort of the perspective from Laura here, I actually would have been totally cool with them not getting back together. Yeah. But coming to the conclusion that, you know, and I've actually said this before to one of the hosts on this show, but I, I, I told them, like, <laughs> it's totally okay for things not to work out. Yeah. You know, um, there's so many people in this in this world that, you know, for it not to work out with somebody that's actually in line with the probability of things as opposed to finding that person so quickly or whatever, you know, however you might see it. So um, if Laura and Rob had come to the conclusion of, you know what, let's not get together, but let's have some closure so that we can still be friends, but understand why we didn't work out mm-hmm. and maybe even help each other find that other person and maybe not so much in the active sense like rob's gonna be like oh i'll help you find a guy but more Mm -hmm. like i'm going to help you understand more about yourself so you know what um what you're looking for based on what you didn't find in me kind Mm -hmm. of helping her realize that she did make the right decision i thought that would have been a much more uh realistic (laughs) and appropriate ending but you know yeah i mean I i get it I think for me, it's just, it comes to that idea of like, oh, now they know everything. They know the problems of it. They know what works and what doesn't work. And now they're like actively trying to pursue it together versus like one-on-one, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, and and this comes up for me too when I watch Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind of like, now that you know the flaws and you know like the things of each other that isn't going to work will this event you know will this relationship eventually work mm-hmm. or right because like <laughs> well not even that like it needs to be better than what it was right it needs to be stronger especially yeah. in their situation where they you know past transgressions he's done that she's done throughout that relationship before the big break right because mm-hmm. it's like for me i'm like are they gonna make it and that's the question that we've had with Lloyd and Diane from Say Anything, right? Or even, like, with with Gross Point. Like, any time that we come across, like, a a, a rom-com-ish type of thing, like, do they work out? Do we Mm -hmm. think they work out beyond the movie? And 
I want to say, actually, I don't think they do. Robin Laura? Yeah. Because, mm. like, how many times can you... You know, how is it? How are they doomed to repeat it in, in many ways? Hmm. Do you think they make it, Mark? Robin Laura, after this period of uh, growth? For I'm, I'm so sorry, guys. I've been texting my ex this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Which one, though? <laughs> Do you have your top five? Are you starting <laughs> chronologically? I mean, one of them actually takes up three spots, not consecutively. Wow. Um but no, uh, do I think Rob and Laura make it? I think once, I think once Rob realizes that um, it's totally, it's you know, it's totally fine that they might not work out. Then yeah. Then yeah, I think because that means he can relax mm-hmm. a little bit more. You know, okay. um, I, I, it's funny because there's that part in the beginning of the movie where he talks about like, am I, am I a victim of like listening to all this pop music, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you know it's it's very it's a it's a really good point that you know sometimes you watch these movies or you listen to these songs and it can it can really influence your mind maybe even trick your mind into not accepting what's most likely going to happen you know mm-hmm. what I mean like almost as if that fairy tale ending is a standard ending and that's not the case whatsoever <laughs> I think once you're comfortable or at the very least cognizant of the idea that your relationship might not work out you're ultimately that much more empowered because now you can make your relationship what you want it to be because Mm -hmm. you're not scared anymore of that of that idea that isn't to say you don't love them uh to the point where the idea of not being with them anymore hurts um but uh it's more like all right i know this can end which means i can be the best version of me to make sure that it does uh stay the course because you know Otherwise, you just put all these unrealistic expectations on your partner and yourself. And I think that's where things go wrong. That's uh, what happened with the ex that I'm texting right now. (laughs) I hope that works out for you and you guys, you know, can come to a conclusion of not hating each other over texts. (laughs) Oh, she just, she already sent me nudes. So I think we're good. Nice. I think we're good now. Um... (laughs) So I think that's the thing is like, do you see Rob? I and okay, so maybe I do see Rob trying to be his best version of himself after like the realization of like Laura doesn't need me to be happy or sad or anything. Like the world is bigger than him, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you see I, that you definitely see that at the funeral scene where he just like he says he's sorry and like there's all this like I'm sorry your dad passed. I'm sorry of the fucked up shit I've done. I'm sorry of dragging this out. Mm-hmm. Right, and then she's just like, "Huh, I'm tired." You know, yeah. you're sorry. I'm tired. We should still be together. And it's it's kind of like that thing of like, is it is that is that it for her of like her not settling, but of just realizing like, this is this was the best that I've ever felt, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna try and go back to that. You know? Yeah, it's it's weird. This is gonna be a really weird thing to admit, but um, when I was younger, I was eight years old, and uh, I my my uncle had bought a book that I thought was a sci-fi novel. Um, it was called "Men Are from Mars, Women Are from Venus." <laughs> oh no! This is not a this is not a joke. This is legit. No, oh no! So I read that book, thinking that it was like a space book 
you know, yeah. it was into yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. As it turns out, it was about relationships. And one yeah. of the things that, oh, hey guys, my, my girlfriend is here. Let's let's not talk about exes right now. Hi, love. I love you so much. <laughs> Hi, darling. Hi, darling. Did you forget to kiss her again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's in trouble now. Oh, no. Um, no, I didn't. Don't mind. Sorry, y'all. I'm in trouble. She must have heard me talking about my ex. So. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. We'll, we'll vamp. We'll vamp. You're good. Yeah. You're good. Um, no, because at some point I remember my, like, you know how PBS is? Like, mm-hmm. my parents or my mom would just make me, would park me in front of PBS and not always realize it wasn't just always children's yeah. programming. So I very clearly remember having to sit through a menace, menace from Mars, women is from Venus, like, show type show. Where it was just like, this is why you're this way, and this is why you're this way, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, why is this so weird for for grownups to understand? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not in trouble know? anymore, by the way, guys. Oh, okay, good. Oh, okay. Um, wait, what were we talking about? Shit, I'm sorry. Man, just... the the sci-fi. Book yeah. Oh, so okay, so and I swear this does have a point. Uh, <laughs> I'll make it quick. the The no, biggest no. thing that I learned that I wish I would have really taken to heart as I was growing up and getting into relationships. And this is something that I think happened to Rob, right? Was that you should treat your partner as the dessert in your life and not the main course. Meaning your partner shouldn't be the person that necessarily completes you, but the person that makes your life better in a way that no one or nothing else has ever. You know what I'm saying? Because what that entails is that one, you're not, giving your partner the responsibility of making you happy that's ultimately on you what you are responsible for is making sure that if this other person in your life just ultimately makes your life better like my current girlfriend (laughs) then they're disgustingly cute too you should cherish that right um but not make it like the sole reason for your existence so i think what happened is that rob was looking for someone to complete him when in reality mm. he needed to come to terms with his own um, shortcomings and, and misgivings and understand that no, Laura's the best thing that happened to him because she ultimately wants him to be better when he didn't. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, by the end of it, you know, he's DJing again. He ends up putting out a record. Like he's doing all these things that made him happy because that was the whole point. He said early on in the movie, DJing was, was the happiest time of my life. So I knew eventually he was going to get back to that. And the fact that it was Laura who basically forced him to do it because Mm -hmm. she put it on that poster. Yeah. That's what he was missing. And that's when he realized she and I, there's a chance that we might not work out, but she is the person who brings the best out of me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's also that scene where like he's going through his top five dream dream jobs. jobs. Yeah. And then she says, wouldn't you rather be a record store owner? Like for me, like when I first saw that, I was like, that isn't a fucking amazing way of looking at it. Yeah. Like, like this is the thing that I've always wanted to do. And that is part of, you know, I'm living that dream and you're making uh-huh. me realize it. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. I know. I Like this, this movie just brings up a lot of stuff. And, and in so many ways, like I'm just like, it makes me happy, but it makes me sad. It makes me think that i could rehash shit but very clearly i don't want to because you see like the bullshit he has to go through (laughs) and it's like i you know like i remember at one point 
in my life just really being like with with like a relationship that ended very long ago just really being like if we tried to do this rehashing thing again Mm -hmm. would it even matter and what's the point right yeah unless you're legitimately trying to be their friend and not doing what rob is doing and basically just trying to get yeah he's he's doing this all for his own reasons Mm -hmm. then what's the point i think it's perfectly fine to not necessarily burn bridges but just to turn the page on that chapter Mm -hmm. you know just close that chapter out in that book and just move on you know and there's nothing there's not necessarily any ill will towards anyone hopefully right on both ends but just the fact that okay this part of my life is done and now i can and can move on to something else that will further my story and hopefully make me a better person yeah Right, John? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you watched this movie because of us and then, uh, yeah, because of the show and you have to talk about it. But Grace, you said at one point you were talking, you were watching this uh, almost daily. So how, like, how, how did you discover this movie? And like, at what point did you, into your uh, Cusack fandom, did you discover this movie? Was this your, I think we, we've we've talked about it before, but like, how or how how far were you into your Cusack fandom were you when you discovered this movie and like where were you in your life when you found this movie? Well, I I mean I was barely out of college, just uh-huh. got like a full time job at a pizza place, was going into a new relationship, and remember like at the very 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 beginning of this podcast, I said I had dated someone who looked like Cusack. Yeah. Right. And so, um, just the circle of friends that I made while I was like working and going to college at the same time like we all would trade movies and stuff and I think one night one of them was like hey let's just this is my favorite movie and we just watched Cusack right Mm -hmm. and again like my first movie I think was gross point blank and I was like hey I know this guy Mm -hmm. and so we watched it and I'm sitting there and I'm like dude this guy is this is such a fucking good movie he's into music like I'm into music there's all these things and it's just um it it was just it was i mean it was pretty early on mm-hmm. and i would look at this and i think it would it became like a thing of like oh then you know if this relationship can work out then any relationship can work out cuz i always kind of saw them as a broken relationship at the beginning you see them at the break yeah right and so it's it's them navigating through the breakup and then ultimately being like it's it's easier being together than, or just not easy, but it's it's harder to be apart than together or something like that. Like, so I was like, oh, okay. So like, if it ever comes down to it, this can happen in real life, mm-hmm. right? Even though, obviously, I know who I am and I know like how I deal with shit. Like that would never happen to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Like ultimately, yeah. but yeah. And I I will say like a lot of what Cusack does, especially with his rom coms, are the three that I kind of hold high. Of like they aren't the best movies to kind of base a love life on, you know? Yeah. Gross Point Blank is like that, you know, whatever. But like serendipity of like the universe will let it happen if it wants to happen, and I'm like, eh. <laughs> Or you know, going and, out of yeah, the things that he does in that movie, like we talked about, where night before his wedding, he's flying to San Francisco and doing all the things that he did. You know, it's not the best, yeah, uh, 
romantic role model. Yeah, and it's it's definitely not the... This one is not the best either because he's just, you know, like... I used to think like, oh, this is a way of him owning his bullshit he had in those relationships. But then, you know, watching it as an older person or... And, and just kind of rewatching it over and over and over. I just picked up of like, no, nah, he's going back and absolving himself of the relation of the brokenness of each relationship and saying it wasn't me, it was them. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, oh, this is not, I'm not supposed to root for this guy. And then eventually I read the book and I thought, I was like, oh, he's so much, like you're so only in his head, you don't get any anybody else's story. Right. Right. And to kind of have this, this movie only in his head. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, we're not supposed to like him. <laughs> right. And I think you said that, Mark, of like, oh, I'm not supposed to like this dick. Yeah. I mean, again, I think you have to be in a certain mindset um, to watch this movie and go, I'm rooting for this guy because it's yeah. very clear just from how petulant he is, especially at the beginning where he's just like, Oh, you're just going to go now. I, I don't think that's an actual line, but it's that sort of tone that he <laughs> yeah. has. Right. And oh yeah. The- you're going to leave this minute. And it's like, yeah, we just broke up. I don't want to stay here. Yeah. So, I just, yeah. you know, not to say that I saw myself in him there because I've never done that, but I recognize that voice and that tone. Yeah. And, the yeah. Yeah. and I just go, please tell me you're not the hero of this and then sure enough he is but his his um his journey is a lot more um it's a lot more nuanced than i thought it was gonna be which was mm-hmm. which was good um i'm assuming we all have our own top fives and stuff like that as well oh god yeah I don't think I have enough of a, <laughs> have a, top three, a roster man. top five. Um, but yeah. Well, like, remember he considers top five is like, oh, that one girl he kissed in like kissed junior up, yeah. high. Right. Okay. Like, so then I could squeeze out a, a, a starting five, I guess. <laughs> yeah. For, no those bench. That, for those that don't know, uh, John got a lot of poontang um, at oh. one point in his life. <laughs> <laughs> he had so much so much so that before i even knew him he would call me and say mark you want some snatch and i'm like what i'm talking about the the, the guy ritchie movie i'm like i have well, it on eventually Blu-ray. eventually i just thought it was funny that you were watching snatch while smashing poon at the same time That's calling me hey those aren't my terms that's what he said john that's what you said <laughs> Okay, so I guess I do have to edit this podcast. <laughs> you do not. You leave that shit in. If you leave my shit in, you leave your shit in. <laughs> I'm lying. John oh, never yeah. smashed Poon. <laughs> Is that what you want me to say? You never smashed Poon, John. I get it. So, for me, <laughs> when I discovered this movie... <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. No, when, um, did, when did you discover it? I discovered this movie uh, in high school after going through my first breakup. Uh, so I discovered this very early on at a very impressionable age. And I, I saw this because I was like, oh, that's the dude from Say Anything. And I've always been like uh, very big on rom-coms growing up. Uh, and for me, it's, it's kind of like that's why his opening line of uh, like – pop culture, uh, mm-hmm. pop culture music and whether it makes people miserable or chicken or the egg and all that stuff. 
Uh, so for me, I didn't have that connection with music, but I have it, had it with movies. So that's why it was really interesting to, for me to see this dude who is very recognized as like the prince of rom-coms for the 80s. And then now he's in this very anti-rom-com movie. Mm. And then it's, for me, it's just this thing of like, he's going through a breakup and I was going through a breakup. So I was just like, I connect with you and your pain. And then as the movie progressed and you learn more about him, you're like, not at all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're just like, I, I, I haven't had much experience in breakups, but I'm pretty sure that that's, that's not good. You know, you're like, there's issues here, you know? Yeah. So for me, it's just like, all about the growth you you see where he's at and then you see that um throughout the movie he's just like it's all it's all the fantasy you know and like that thing we always keep referring back to is like that grand romantic gesture which yeah he's very famous for and say anything for him is just like he's always expecting like more like big things or more uh romantic things because it's what people sang about in these songs you know so that's always what he expected he's always chasing that like that romantic high, uh -huh. you know? So for, for me, it was just very interesting to just like kind of track his journey um, as someone who hasn't had that journey at that point. Um, and then now where I squeeze out a top five because <laughs> contrary to what Mark is saying, that is not true. So... <laughs> Well, I, th I think we, we should go back to the idea of grand romantic gesture. What is the grand romantic gesture in this movie? Is there one? And, and, and I think we have to like change our, our definition of grand because it's not him outside blaring music. Blaring music. It's him outside screaming. Screaming. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a beautiful contrast. Before we get into that, Mark, do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts on like romantic gestures, grand romantic gestures? Are they real? Or is it just things for the what, movies? What grand romantic gestures have you done in your life, yeah. Mark? What? <laughs> there have been quite a few. Not gonna lie. Oh wow! I just okay. don't. Mm. I just don't know if listing them all. Um, <laughs> we don't. We don't have time ten, for that. It's <laughs> not we're in ten minute podcast. Because <laughs> I feel like there's a, a bit of an agenda with that question, and honestly, like it all led to smashing poon. So I don't know <laughs> if we're stuck on this channel. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so hang on. Is that ultimately what it means then? Like, no. Is the no. Okay. No. I uh, okay. I I remember having my first crush on a girl uh, when I was in kindergarten, actually. And I could name every crush that mm. I've had um, from like maybe kindergarten, first grade up until now, honestly. Um, I've had a lot of crushes. And I have done my fair share of gestures because, and, and I think this is in line with Rob said, it's like sometimes you watch these things and you listen to these things and they mess with your head and make you sort of, it makes you consider reality as a TV show or a four minute mm. love song. So I remember, I think it's 1994, maybe 95, oh I sang I Swear to Rina Fraga in fifth grade. Oh, full name. And uh, I sang I Swear to her. Uh, everybody was around, you know. And so here's the thing. Like, I grew up as a really fat kid. I didn't have a whole ton of confidence. But I knew, like, okay, I, I'm pretty sure I can sing pretty well. So I sang this to her and she started crying 
but not because the gesture was so sweet, but because I was embarrassing her. Here's oh, the problem. No. I saw that because I was looking at it as a, you know, a romance uh, yeah. lover. Yeah. That I, I saw it as keep going. She yeah. loves it. So oh, I did. And a, almost, I think almost when I got to the bridge, she had her hands in buried in her, or her face buried in her hands. And she said, just stop. And I went, oh, here we go. Time to smash. No, um, it was, no, it was obviously, but no, that's when I understood. I'm like, oh, was this wrong? And it didn't occur to me that I was embarrassing her. I just thought, oh, maybe she just doesn't like this song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think what it does do, if you're a big fan of these gestures, is that you, you put so much work into it that your sense of reality gets warped as to whether or not it's actually a good idea. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, there, there's quite a few that I've done in the past. Um, some of them, like, you know, especially as I got older, they got weirder. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, No. How does it get weirder? I just... <laughs> I actually told Grace this story maybe a month or so ago. There was a, uh, I'm not going to use her whole name, but she has the syllable jazz in her name, right? Okay. And um, she was a big fan of jazz music as well as the Beatles. So what I did was I made a mixtape of, of all these uh, Beatles songs, but as jazz covers that I had found, right? Oh. And... When I gave it to her, I mean, I think she knew that I had a thing for her. But the first thing she was like, she's like, where am I going to play this? And I was like, I mean, I don't know or whatever. And then eventually, like, she understood what it was all about. And she says, I don't really see you that way. And I was like, well, you didn't even put the tape on. (laughs) (laughs) Man, you know, it was it was that thing. And, you know, and at that point, I was very much in Rob mode where I I didn't look at it for what it was. I was looking at it from my perspective of what it should be. And that's where I went wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. See, I don't, I don't know how to do grandma's romantic gestures because I'm just nervous in that way. And I also just can't read people half the time. Uh, so yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I think I like, I know what I would like. And I think I try to recreate that and then realize like the person is not me. And then I'm like, oh, you hate this. Fuck. <laughs> you know? And it's, it's just, you know, it, it's. I don't know where that conversation goes after that. It's just like, well, what do you want then? Mm. <laughs> I guess. Cause it's, you know, you have those things of, of, of me, of like making the mixtape and, and, and singing your heart out and stuff like that. And like, for me, like I am such a inside person, like it. And I've, oh, <laughs> I've probably said this on the podcast before where I talked about like a first date with um, <laughs> first date with <laughs> I can't but with Brock but <laughs> say Brock like Brock Lesnar yes no. <laughs> no 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 but a first date I, or not even a first date it was like the preliminary where I was so nervous to tell the person I I had feelings for that I had feelings for them that it became a four hour thing of me just staring at my hands. Where I yeah. like I couldn't even, 
I chickened out. I was like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to handle this type of a feeling. Yeah. Right. And I was like, I was, I was like, I was like sitting at the bar, just like completely hands, like clenched, like just having a whatever conversation of the day. And I was like, okay, this is it. I'm cool. I'm cool with us being friends forever. Cause I can't tell you, I really, really like you right now. Mm. You know? Yeah. And like for, <laughs> trying to go out and make things like my ass is trying to do diy presents f- for christmas last time right and i was like i didn't even know what day christmas was and i was like oh i got no presents cool yeah. wait what's day christmas? Felt- <laughs> did, did you say day christmas or gay christmas no what which day christmas was oh sorry i thought day christmas <laughs> was like a different type of christmas like day drinking <laughs> Yeah. There's day Nord- Christmas and there's night Christmas, and then the Nordic night- Jesus. <laughs> and I think that you know, and I mean, given that 2020, we had no sense of time whatsoever. But like, mm. I was completely gone into like, yeah, like I I have no time. I don't know. Literally, Wait. Christmas is around the corner. Yeah, and I had no that- gifts and I had no things, and I was like, I don't know how to make make things for people. Mm. Yeah to show affection i was like i could write you a really rambling sad ass letter but i know you're not gonna read seven pages you know because i had both of those experiences like we're in high school i was like asking the girl that i was really into to go to prom and i was like so nervous about it um i was just like we're at i remember it so clearly i was like we're at wendy's and i just (laughs) i just finished chowing down on like eight pounds of uh fucking wendy's and i was just sitting there i was like i'm full now's the time <laughs> and then i just sat there just very awkwardly you know darting my eyes around the room trying to like think of something to say and it just ended up with uh, like ended just me there sitting for 45 minutes like not knowing what to do and then when mm-hmm. i finally said it i was just like how do you want to go to prom and then she's just like oh i thought you're gonna ask if you wanted me to be your girlfriend or something and i was like oh, oh. I should have aimed higher and also that's a thing. <laughs> Is that on the table? What's yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> I'll try again. Are you free tomorrow? <laughs> See, it's it's stuff like that that I I can't I don't know how to do. And that's yeah. why I'm like, you know, I'm lucky to be with the person who I'm with today because like the four hours later he was like, I kind of figured out what you wanted. And I was like, Thanks for taking the lead there, buddy. It's just, you know, I'm gonna drink my ninth beer that I gotta drive home after this. Like, you know, it's just yeah. it's you know, and I think that's for me of like that kind of romantic gesture makes me nervous. And especially since like in the age of I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, the age of Instagram, the age of like pictures where it didn't happen, like mm-hmm. how do you how do you express yourself with it seeming genuine and not for everyone? Yeah. But Yeah. And also how do you everyone. how do you make it original? Because like half the shit I do, I'm like, oh, I got that from a movie, or yeah. I got that from a book, or I got that from like I don't feel like if the romantic gestures that I think of are good enough. Mm-hmm. Right. And so and also I just I don't I, I'm also like, oh, you're not gonna like this. So I don't even try. Yeah. Right. Like with with past partners, I was like, they're gonna hate this. Never mind. And yeah. so I think there's also that paralyzing thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we see that in the movie a little bit, where he's like paralyzed by his emotions and and, yeah. and realizing he who he, he just is. yells. <laughs> yeah. 
just yells a lot of Cusack yelling. So, but yeah, like yeah. from high school to now, I didn't know that you're like that's a thing where you're supposed to ask someone like if you want them to be your girlfriend. I didn't know that was a thing. I Dude, still, I didn't I, know that was a thing, and I'm like 39. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that until. I had a very long conversation about it where the person I with is just like, you've never asked me. I was like, was I supposed to? Yeah. And I, I found that out. So <laughs> sorry, Mimi. Um, but also oh, God. um you you've mentioned like just writing letters. That's off the table for me too, because I remember the one time in high school, uh again, going back to this high school relationship, uh, the one time I tried writing a letter, because I used to write a lot in high school. So I remember I was just like, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna write this letter. Uh, telling her exactly how I feel, you know, because I'm really bad at expressing myself in person. I, I'll try and it'll be another Wendy's fiasco. Hmm. So I was just like, I'll write it out. You know, I was like, I'm good at writing. I could express it to her in person, like the way that I, I feel. I could go over it uh, more. You know, it'll be what I want. You know, so I remember I, I, uh, I MySpace messaged her the message <laughs> or the letter. Um, and I, no, actually, I MySpaced her. And then I said, hey, do you want to meet here? Gave her the letter. And then uh, I didn't hear from her for like two days. And then she's just like, we should go on a break. And I was like, oh, I was like that letter was a lot worse. That was like, that did a lot of damage. Um, and then uh, I was in math class. And then I didn't know at the time, but one of uh, the people in that math class was her ex. Oy. So, so um, and I didn't know he was always very nice to me and he, he knew we were going out. So he goes up to me. He's like, hey, man, are you still going out with so and so? And I was like, uh, I don't know. It's weird because uh, I think we're on a break. And then she was just like, oh, that's fucked up. She's like, he's like, you know, we used to date. Right. And I was like, no, I did it. Not at all. This is brand new information to me. Now, this is kind of a weird conversation. Aww. But he was just like, yeah, um, she reached out to me. I don't know. Um yeah, he's like, I just thought you should know. And I was like, oh, man. He's like, and he she mess, she messaged me on MySpace. And I was like, this guy's very forward with his information. And then he he shows me the letter, and then I start reading it, and then I realize that she stole whole parts of my message and used it in his, in uh, her letter to him. And I was just sitting there. I was wow. like, oh, shit, this really oh, sucks. Oh, my God. Did you get royalties? No, and I was just like, I was... I was very proud, though, because I was just like, this is a shitty feeling. <laughs> but at least, like, she read my work and she was like, God, oh, fuck. I know. Like, oh. and it's it evoked very strong feelings in her. She's like, I feel that. Not with him, but with him. So she took action. And then I was just like, oh, okay. Well, at least I did good work. But, yeah, that one fucking. So even writing letters is uh, off the table for me as far as romantic gestures go. See, that's the so. thing of like, and, and I'm probably sure we've all had that of like, there's the thing that we don't do because it reminds us of something, but I'm like, fucking claim that shit back. Write letters, John. <laughs> I'm giving you a journal for Christmas <laughs> next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for 2021, because it's definitely 2021 <laughs> right now. It, um, but yeah, um, little Aww. stuff like that. So again, like that relationship in high school is very i feel like very connected to this movie for me because mm -hmm. okay. i watched this movie because of that relationship oh, wow. you know so um there's one of my top fives so. <laughs> um yeah uh yeah and i don't know if you guys can hear it but my dog roxy's sitting right next to me and she's snoring so if you guys hear snoring 
That's, that's coming from that. Roxy. But oh, your dog. Mark, how are the cats? Are they here? I'm not sure. Rochelle is still uh, in the living room. So they could be here. They might not be. But it is 10 o'clock, so she might have brought them in. <laughs> not sure. Yeah, we um, have cats now. Or or they have us. Yeah. Sure. Right. right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's it's strange. Like watching this movie, I, I guess it really forces you as an audience member to kind of look at how you view relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And the the sobering sort of thing that got to me was there are probably people who are watching this and still thinking that who Rob was at the beginning of the movie was a good guy. Yeah. You know? And that that scares me a little bit because you know Obviously, you've seen it online. There's tons of memes out there, out there of just dudes who don't get it, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And half of them are me. So half of those <laughs> memes. Are me, so. You made a really interesting connection when we were watching the movie, where you're just like, "This is like you're like this movie, like 500 Days of Summer, really drew a lot from this movie." You know, where it's yeah. just the protagonist is this kind of an. Who wants to jump in and try and describe those protagonists? I can. I can. There you go. Okay. All right. Not, Please. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, good old what's his face? Uh, Tom and, uh, Tom, that's right. Tom from 500. Yeah. Tom and Tom Summer, and Summer, right? Her name is Summer. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the actor, Joseph Gordon Levitt, actually, he actually had to, like, not even a reveal, but he had to clarify for people oh, that yeah. no. Tom is not a good dude. In fact, like as sweet and as quirky and as whatever he might be, he has these crazy unrealistic expectations of Summer to the point where he is imagining his own prison where she's just living her life, right? And it wasn't until he understood what was wrong with him that things finally started to get better, you know? And I actually think that, um, you know, it did draw inspiration from High Fidelity, but it kind of took the ending that I initially thought was going to happen in High Fidelity, where, yeah, it just turns out they're better off not with each other, but having known each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ultimately, I think that's what what the message should, or that's the message that should be taken away, and that, you know, just because a relationship ends doesn't mean you are a bad person. If anything, when people leave relationships and this is such a drastically different mindset that i had maybe 10 15 years ago was just because a relationship ends it doesn't mean oh my god i'm missing out on this you know amazing person even though you might feel that way but you could also view it as well i'm this much closer to finding the person that i should be with Mm -hmm. you know and again i feel like anybody who watches high fidelity and still doesn't understand get it that that John Cusack's character Rob is not a good dude has a lot more problems than they than they're willing to admit. Mm-hmm. I think with Five Hundred Days, and again, that was one of the movies that I absolutely loved, and and mm-hmm. then I realized like, oh, this is not he's not the guy, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, and that's also for like Eternal Sunshine, like oh, this relationship is they are not good for each other, but it, it goes back to that idea of like. At the end, like you still think there's, I don't know, like nostalgia for it mm-hmm. or something, right? Because at the, cause I remember talking with my my friend Jesse about e- Eternal Sunshine and just being kind of 
really sad. Like, this relationship just didn't work out. They erased each other, blah, 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 blah. And he kind of just looked at me and was like, Grace, they just decided to go get breakfast together. Uh. And I was like, oh, like, it doesn't mean they're going to get back together. It doesn't mean they're going to be these things. They're just going to get breakfast together. And I was like, he's like, you're putting too much into it. And I was like, oh. And then with the end of, of 500 days when he meets Autumn, which I thought was like, ugh. But at the same <laughs> time, you know, like, it's, it's it, it has to be that type of a, a thing where it's like, oh, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. But again, like, that whole experience made him become the architect you know, mm-hmm. made him do all those things to be a better person. And I think that's what this this movie does for me as well. Is like, no matter what, like how Mark was saying, like, no matter what, like, as long as you are being the best person that you can be, you know, and mm-hmm. I think I struggle with that a lot of, like, trying to understand what the best version of me is. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I see that in this movie of, like, he struggles with that, with that what that means too. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think that's why I hold it in such high regard because it's just like he's learning throughout the whole thing. And yeah. And whether or not they end up together, whether or not after this movie in whatever dimension, you know, whatever simulation, if they work out, they work out. But he's doing the things that he loves with the person he loves. Yeah. And so. Because those are always like my favorite kinds of movies where it's like a sad ending or it doesn't work out, but there's like the journey is like the, the the main character learning about like what it means to be in a relationship, you know, and uh, because like we, we talked about it a, a few episodes ago uh, or several ep- episodes ago at this <laughs> point, but it was a uh, chasing Amy. Like, you know, like I love that ending, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, just because of, he was just like, I had something, I fucked it up. Um, you're very, you're, you know, just like that moment they had at the convention at the end where they're just saying hi, acknowledging what it was. And then back to, back to, being away from each other you know so that's i think that's the thing with me like you remember i say like i love my ambiguous endings Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily want to know if they you know i I like the idea of like oh they're just getting breakfast together or they're just getting you know they're walking towards the same place yeah i think with this one like watching it again this time i was a little bit like unnerved that they decided to stay together i was like oh okay okay because I've always I've always seen that scene where he asks her to marry him as the as as like this very sweet moment. Mm-hmm. Like I always I always thought that was a very sweet moment of like even though he knows this isn't what she wants, like mm-hmm. he he still offers it. And then in my head I'm like, if he knows that she doesn't want to get married, why the fuck are you asking? Mm-hmm. And I just, I remember thinking that when we watched it all together, I'm just like, that doesn't do anything for her. Mm-hmm. That, that only, that only does something for him. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, you're still, you're still, you're still you. You're still doing that. I don't know. I read that very differently for me. Like, um, like, because for me, like, it was just that thing of that's when like he, he stopped looking at the relationship as like that fantasy and he even talked about it oh yeah he, he stopped talking with like about like idealizing that other girl he was making a mixtape for yeah and like as much as he's a fan of uh pop music and like romance and stuff this is like the like the first time we've seen him you know really vulnerable and then i think it was just 
the whole proposal was just like a vehicle for him to present his vulnerability. Like that's the way I saw it, where he's just like, I think it was also like a way to kind of cement him from not being that fuckboy he was of like not yeah. trying to go on to the next shiny thing, mm-hmm. you know, not not being interested in the next girl that liked the same goddamn music as he did. Yeah. And so I, I think it was it was a little bit of both for me. I was like, you know exactly what she wants. Like, why are you asking? The gesture is very sweet, whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, like, what is that going to do? Mm-hmm. And she even says it. It's like, did you expect me to say yes? Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm like, you're still trying to figure shit out. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think, Mark? How did you read that scene? Um, I kind of feel like that was maybe his... Uh, the last vestige of fuckboy Rob throwing mm-hmm. a Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, is this how this shit works? And then when she <laughs>, laughs in his face, yeah. <laughs> he goes, okay, uh, you know, um, back to reality, as Eminem once said. And <laughs> I, th- I think it was just him sort of testing the waters to be like, we're good, right? We're good. I guess this mm-hmm. is where I'm supposed to do the thing. Again, he's falling into that trap of, is this how it's supposed to go? And not, you know, really seeing it for what it is. And I think that's a hard thing to do for people who are are so um, in their own heads about their relationship. Is that, you know, much like this movie and in 500 Days of Summer, it's that constant battle between expectations and reality. And sometimes you just have to not have expectations and just see it for what it is and enjoy yeah. it for what it is you know and so i don't necessarily think it makes it makes him a, a good or a bad person to have tried it i just think that was the last bit of him going wait is this how it goes and then of course it isn't and then he can just enjoy himself after that yeah 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 i, I think it was a very earnest moment but all, like yeah like a very yeah it was a very earnest moment but it's still very much that thing that rob does you know, like when he was having that conversation with, uh, in his head with Bruce Springsteen, he was like, it'll make me feel better and it'll yeah. make them feel better. And Bruce is, Bruce is just like, well, it'll definitely make you feel better. Them, not so much. Not so much. You know, yeah. so it's still that character doing these things, but it's a character who's been through growth somewhat in this film. So I, I, I think it's still just a very nice vote because that scene and then the scene that Grace mentioned earlier with, uh, top five, uh, jobs or careers. You know, as just those are my two favorite scenes with Rob and Laura. Mm. Yeah. You know, so. Do you like, are you happy you've seen this movie now, Mark? Uh, very much so. I, I feel like, well, one, I'm getting a lot more of these references that my best friend has been making, <laughs> uh, even down to how uh, Jack Black dances when he's being all gross and he's, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's doing that stuff with that imaginary lady. But Did you um, talk to your friend about it yet? Not you're yet. like, I, I saw you. <laughs> I'm trying to get as many people involved in this intervention as I can. So if okay. it's just me, then it's awkward, right? But um I but think no, that's my favorite glad. part of watching you. And you know, like you how you said you you did this with identity is anytime you showed identity, you didn't watch the movie, you watched your friends watch it. Right, right. And like I was trying to be subtle, but obviously we are not subtle people. I would like yeah. zoom to you and just be ready for your next reaction. And I think I mm-hmm. loved that part where like we were just watching it and then all of a sudden you're like, That's why he dances that way. Then that and then like you recreated it and I was laughing so hard. You thought, well, I get it now. All that time in college when I should have been smashing Poon, I, I wasn't. 
my my best friend used to, you know, if I had a date, my best friend would be like, all right, dude, smoke that ass. And I'm like, well, <laughs> Davidism. And then when Jack Black said it, I went, oh, oh, okay, well, I mean, I didn't smoke that ass back then, but I see where you got this from. That's cool, a man. lie, Mark. <laughs> what, that I didn't smoke that ass back then? You smoked all the ass. <laughs> I did not smoke any of that ass, thank you. Oh, I, I I wasn't uh I wasn't an ass smoker until I came <laughs> until when I smoked my first ass at twenty six. Okay. Mm. And then it was off to the races, high octane, <laughs> full on, just ass smoking. I was like double barrel smoking, but you know, just sea biscuit all the way to the <laughs> oh, bro. It was like Nickelodeon's rocket power. I was just. I hate both of you right now. You know, I smoke ass one quarter mile at a time. (laughs) Oh, how did it divulge into the. Oh, lovely having you on the podcast. Yes. Oh. Uh, so is there anything else we need to say about this movie or smoking ass or smoking <laughs> ass? <laughs> I'm really glad we got to see you see it for the first time. Yeah, this is the first time I saw this movie with people. So that was nice. <laughs> Wait, uh, with people in general? Yeah, I usually just watch this by myself. Just so. huddled Aww. eating ice cream and whatnot. Yeah, just underneath a big blankie. Oh, wow. oh being like, I remember the pain. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was it was... Obviously, I don't regret it. It was, it was a really great movie, and I'm glad that I'm finally part of this this conversation now. <laughs> um, but I, I do think for those who haven't watched it yet, maybe you were also like me, and you're like, well, maybe I won't watch it because everybody wants me to watch it. And for the record, I still need to watch stuff like The Big Lebowski. And oh, like, I haven't seen that either. Like, okay, okay, yeah. cool. So I'm not alone. Um, yeah. Or Avatar The Last Airbender. I yeah, or that's the you big too. one. I'm excited for you two to watch that it's one. So, okay. Uh, but, yeah, the fact that um, I finally got to see it, I, I feel good because, you know, I'm watching it. And I'm I'm cringing not because of that's who I am, but that's who I was. That's why I enjoyed watching this. Probably. Oh yeah. I think we see past selves or past exes in there and just go. <laughs> I'm looking forward to being someone's Charlie. I swear to you. I am waiting for that call. You know what's going to happen? Someone's going to call my phone like a telemarketer or a robocaller, and I'm just going to pick it up, and I'm just going to go. Come on, what is this really about? What is this really about? Are you having a are you having a this crisis and then it'll be like I'm just here to ask you if you're going to vote in the blah 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 and I'm going to say, "Oh, you can." I want to do oh, that all the time. It would just be like, "Are you in or are you out? You in or are you yeah, out?" Yeah, that's it. Are you in or are you out? And then they get scared of me and then I start calling them all the time. Oh. <laughs> it's fantastic that way. Yeah. Uh, oh, listeners, it has been a... Uh, it has been a journey. For... <laughs> <laughs> to get here, to watch this movie again and again and again, and to still kind of hold it dear. Yeah, and, and it's it still hits, you know? Like, I was watching it yesterday, and there's parts where I'm just like, oh, I still feel that, you know? <laughs> and even, like, a few years ago, where it's not the exact same situation... Like, I've, I've talked to... Like, I've, I've mentioned, like, how the first time I saw this, I was like, oh... That's bad. You shouldn't be like Rob. 
few years ago, I was like going through a breakup and I was just like, oh shit, I'm working at a comic book store and I'm just a very morose person right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I should fix this, you know, but um, it's part of the journey. Um, yeah. But still one of my favorite Cusack movies uh, for various reasons, but I'm glad we finally got to talk about it uh, on the podcast with Mark because yeah. this was fun. Yeah. Um, so if you wanted to listen to more of Mark's stuff, Mark, where can they find all uh, 78 of your podcasts? Shut up. All right. Uh, well, the main one, as uh, as Grace and John know, you can uh, check me out on the Pooncast. Uh, that is where I talk about all the ass I've smoked uh, since college. No. Um, <laughs> head over to nerdragepodcast.com. Wow. For uh, my podcast, Nerd Rage, The Great Debates, it is a, uh, we, we're in season four right now. We've been going on for close to four years now, but we're in wow. season four. It is a podcast where we get a, a ton of comedians, writers, podcasters, and the occasional pro wrestlers to argue about things that matter. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure when this episode is going to air, but uh, the most recent episode we did uh, featured a bunch of our favorite comics uh, who happen to be Jewish and talking about their favorite Jewish superheroes. Oh, wow. uh, we, yeah, we That's gave cool. them a list of all the Jewish superheroes from mainstream comics, and literally all of them decided to shirk the list and instead go with like Fran Drescher mm. or Jack Kirby or uh, the Golem of Prague for all my Jews out there. So, again, head over to nerdragepodcast.com. It's Nerdrage, the great debates. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Cool. And if you care about it, uh, John and I were also on that show. Talking Cusack. Talking Cusack on opposite sides. So I was, was team painful. I was team Cusack and you were team I was Gyllenhaal. placed on team team Gyllenhaal. And then I don't know if I think I've mentioned it to you, Mark. A uh, few months after that episode, I saw like Maggie Gyllenhaal walked by the store I was working at downtown. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, she knows. <laughs> she knows what a terrible job I did defending her honor. Her brother, her and her brother's honor. Oh uh-huh. shit. Right. But uh, aside from that, uh, very traumatized to talk to Grace for a while. Uh, so good times. If you want to check that out, find that on the podcast and relive, uh, much like Mark relived his uh, glory days of smoking ass while watching High Fidelity, rewatch the pain that I felt while uh, I got buried by Grace. <laughs> I think at one point, like Mark was like, and Grace brought out the, like, what is it, the talons, and I was like, I'm just talking. <laughs> oh no, I'm a bitch in real life. Cool. Okay, yeah. thanks. It was it was a great show, and and for the record, in case no one has said it on the show, you guys are doing an amazing job with this. I look forward to this Aww. every week. Oh, oh thanks, thank man. I love downloading it and not listening to it. So. Yay! <laughs> awesome. Really help our twelve views, buddy. Oh. We, it's we a 12 strong baby. Yeah, we absolutely yeah. love the uh, reviews you keep writing under some, like different names for us. Like it, it helps out a lot. No problem. Yeah. Wait, how many do you have now? I stopped looking like after we got a mean one. I was like, oh, this does hurt. <laughs> I hope we never make it big. Yeah, I was like, oh, I can't deal with this. <laughs> and it wasn't that mean. I don't know if it's still on there, but I saw that. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> whatever but, um, yeah you guys Thanks, do a great show it. don't yeah don't let them drag you down this don't is something we need and because of it i've seen high fidelity now so thank you very much and that's all we wanted that's why we built this entire podcast it's over now <laughs> <laughs> season finale yeah, our <laughs> job is done grogu's off to luke 
we're done here because Marcus and I fidelity. <laughs> but, uh, that's a topic for another time. Uh, but until the next episode, my name is John. And I'm Grace. And thanks for showing up, Mark. He's still here, I think. I'm here. There we go. <laughs> so thanks, guys. Until the next episode, which we are going to be talking about... High Fidelity, the series on Hulu. So if you want to watch the first half, we will be yeah. going over the first half and then have another episode on the second half. Yeah. So if you thought we were done with High Fidelity. Oh, nope. we're milking this cow's cow. <laughs> yeah. Like for all it's worth. This is all of season two. <laughs> all right, guys. I, I, I said goodbye already, but bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Smoke that ass. Damn it. <laughs>